1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That, that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 831, brought to you by... I fanboy listeners just like you over there sir. Yeah, yes you ma'am. You. Absolutely you. Of course you. Don't it's a, I didn't forget you.
0: I know I'd go from rags to
1: riches if you would only IFanboy Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 831, which sounds like a date to me, but there is no August... Is there an August 31st just a 30th, August. Just a thir- 30th. I forgot all the thir- mnemonics.
0: I, that... I don't... Not, you've broken me now.
1: Yeah, so I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that.
0: Yeah, August 31st, that's a date. It's gotta
1: be. Yeah, because September's... Th- 30 days has September. Yeah,
0: August 31st, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> It'll be a new comics day this year.
1: There's a De La Soul song that starts with, it was a Wednesday. It's in the go. BK Lounge. Anyway, we're off to a rollicking start. i Josh uh-huh. Flanagan. It's my fault. And I'm here with Conoco Patrick. Hello. Who, you know, he's codependent at the least. It at might least be my fault, that, but... That happens after so yeah. many years. iFanboy is an entirely codependent organization. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand what that term was for the longest time. And then when I figured it out, I was like, oh... That's very present in my life. (laughs) We are a Fanboy, and every week one of us picks the book that they liked best from their stack of comics, and we call that the pick of the week. Sometimes we get too personal. We talk about that book. We talk about other books from the week. We talk about the patron pick. Listener mail, if we have time, that's always fun. If we can not blow it and use up all the time before we get there, and then we do that for too long because it's just so darn fun. And the thing is that we don't let spoilers get to us. So if you do let spoilers get to you... You should stop listening. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they actually do get to me, but not in this context. Connor, you had the pick. I apologize.
0: I did. And this show is fun for us. It's it's therapeutic. It's an hour or so of the week. We just sort of de-stress and disconnect from the world and talk about comics. This was a terrible week to be alive and a human and an American all the things that go with all the things that are happening in the world. And so I was really looking forward to comics this week. To take my mind off things and give me a little bit of happiness and enjoyment for a few hours this week, and boy, they did not deliver <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I finished reading my books and i said i don't I don't have anything I don't even have anything that I can make a case for, like a stretch, and that's not to say everything I heard was bad, not even that it's just that everything was fine, and that's almost worse yeah. so I did yeah. I did something yeah, I don't yeah. normally do as I, I went and I, I told Josh, I was like, I don't have anything, I gotta read some more books. So I went and I got some more books, that I didn't have my my pull list initially. And lo and behold, one of those ended up being the pick of the week, which is Hellboy and the BPRD Night of the Cyclops, a one shot from Mike Mignola, Olivier Vatin, and Clem Robbins. This was easily the pick because it was super fun, it was beautiful. It was a celebration of the one-shot story where this comic is just one, you know, it's just a single issue. It's not oversized, but it told a meaty, fun, complete story, the beginning, middle, and an end. And also, Mike Mignola's been doing this since 1993, since Josh and I were in high school. That was the first appearance of
1: Hellboy. And I'm not going to tell you that I was cool enough to have done that then, by the way. Like, I didn't know Hellboy then.
0: Um, I, I knew well, of Hellboy. You were Hell a Boy. comic reader.
1: Yeah, I was. Comic I, I wasn't a comic reader at that time, yeah. so it's different. You know when I became aware of it? hmm I think I had, I was vaguely familiar, but I remember I had a professor when I went to Los Angeles. So I went, I went to Los Angeles for a semester in college, and mm-hmm. one of the professors there, or maybe it was, it was wearing a Hellboy hat. Wasn't it like an administrator guy? Like who ran Steve. that office? He yeah. had a Hellboy hat on. hmm and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Stephen Tropiano. Wow. Yeah, pull that out. Your memory is spectacular. Anyway, he had a Hellboy hat on, and I kind of clocked it. You know, like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, within a year, I was reading comics again. It's always like those little things that lead up to where you get to. Like, I don't right. know, I'm not reading comics. And then you'll see bits here and there, and all of a sudden, there you are. I don't know if he wants to be doing this. He must want to be doing it. He doesn't need to be doing this anymore, Mike Viola. I feel like he really does want to do it. That's the that's the sense I like, Same with like Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, he just loves that thing. I've read a lot
0: of Hellboy and I've read some BPRD books. I would never claim to be an expert on either one, but he doesn't seem to be running out of ideas. There's a lot of well stories and myths and and characters of fantasy that he can have Hellboy interact with. It's
1: fun. He's got a pretty basic template, though. Sure. Like, but he also he's not letting that bother him. I guess what it is like. There's no, there's, no... there's a formula
0: and a structure, but it's still the the wrapping paper around that. Sure. It's enough to change it up every issue. And the other thing that helps is he continuously finds these terrific artists. Olivier mm-hmm. Ventine, a name I've never heard before, an art I've never seen before, is great. Fits right into the Hellboy style. Terrific panel to panel storytelling, a style that's slightly, slightly cartoony, but not. This was. A wonder of storytelling wrapped around a very familiar character who you know how Hellboy's gonna react in any given situation.
1: Every single one, yeah. It's not about
0: the surprise of the story or what, it's just now what's Hellboy gonna do this time? You know, so the story here is he just wraps up a mission and this is this would be I again I don't know, an expert this this feels like it would be fairly early on in the mythos, but I don't know, maybe not.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I I think oh
0: it's, it's 1962. Yeah, so it's, it's fairly okay. he's been he's been around for about 20 years. He he was discovered in World War II. Right. He's not going to go back with the team. He's going to hang around cuz he feels like this place is off. They're in Greece. They're in Thessaly. And lo and behold a goat appears talking to him <laughs> says follow me and runs off. That sequence was terrific where the goat jumps down the crevasse and many goat hops, and Hellboy tries to follow him because he's got goat feet, and he he just can't. He falls right in his face. (laughs) You know, that's totally expected, but it was still funny. And then, of course, Hellboy's led into a whole story with these cursed people and Aphrodite and Eros, and he saves the day. This is like comic book storytelling 101,
1: this book. It really was delightful, and I was glad that you picked it because I... You know, it was fun to read, and I don't know if I would, because you you can miss Hellboy. Sure. You, you can not read every Hellboy, and you'll be just... You can always dip back into Hellboy, and you're going to get some Hellboy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This it, kind of... It's it's always going to be there, in a way. I credit Mike Mignola with my favorite bit of comic book storytelling, the best ever, the two-page pancake story. Mm-hmm. I think that's the finest in comic book storytelling I've, I've ever seen. You know, it's also like the perfect example of it. There's a little bit of this here, though. He says, uh, you go ahead. And uh, tosses the girl, the horns. Mm -hmm. Right away, that is compact, beautiful storytelling. You go ahead, tosses her the horns. Next panel, silent. She's giving him the salute as she takes off. Next panel is the helicopter's flying away. He's alone. Page turn. Snap. Mm -hmm. It's a goat foot stepping on a twig. And then he just goes, here we go. Yep. I don't know if Mignola roughs these out, but that storytelling is, it's like quick cuts Close up, back away, movement. It, mm-hmm. It's everything, but it's done so effortlessly, you would not notice it. If I had not been reading comics for a thousand years with a sort of critical eye, you know, I wouldn't have noticed these things. But when you do and you just sort of see how effortlessly they're doing that stuff, it is, it is just beautiful. It's it, economical. It, I, mean, like, I mean, beautiful in the sense of like, like the craft of it, yeah. the sort of way it moves. Look at the page. Where the the goat lady is there, and she's like this way, and the page goes from top left to bottom right, and it expands out basically.
0: Yeah, it's a double page spread. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was reading it on the thing, but uh, but either way, like it's the same thing. Like your eyes start to the top left, and as you pull out and go wider, like everything gets bigger and cooler throughout the page. Yeah. That is. I don't know who this artist is. And at first, like page one, I thought, that doesn't look like Mignola. (laughs) Page four, I forgot. Yeah. Like I was just in it. I was just doing
0: the thing. He's very good, Olivier Vuitton. I mean, I assume a French artist
1: the giant foot stepping down on hellboy is gorgeous. You know, the way he draws the little the Seder ladies, you know, yeah. like is is great. Like it's a really good drawing. I think one of the other things you said is that you kind of know what's going to happen and there's this one other element that I think we're all aware of, but I don't know if people talk about it very much is there is always a melancholy. Yep. Yes. It's somewhere in the last, you know, third or quarter of the book where like hellboy kind of wonders, "Well, what could have been if this?" You know, it's always sort of about where's my place? What is this? Would that make me happy? It's totally unsaid, and I don't think you'd see it in one issue or another. But in aggregate, all of those things, you know, it's just like him trying to understand his place, which is what the whole thing is.
0: But it's so subtle. You can imagine a lot of his dialogue being said with a heavy sigh. Yes. (sighs) He's the only one that can do this, so that's why he's doing it. It's it's a never-ending situation for him. But he does because it's the right thing to do. That's why he stayed around in the first place. Cause he felt like something was wrong.
1: But also, like, he kind of doesn't want to, but he does kind of want to. Yeah. Like, there, it's, it's a complicated, like, he, I think it's like wondering, like, w- what would I do without this? And he's like, do I want to do this? I think I do. You know, like, it's, but that's all being said in a subtext in a comic book form that I don't know how it's being said. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not sure how they're, co- they're literally communicating that, but it's, it's there. It's a great issue. Yeah. I'm really glad that you picked it so that I got a chance to read it. This is the kind of book that gets better as we talk about it. Yeah. As we're looking through it, talking about it, like, I'm like, oh, it's it's even better than I thought.
0: You know, before the show, you and I were just chatting as we were getting ready, and we were talking, as sometimes we often do, about Darwin Cook, and it's not, like, he's on a level all of his own in terms of storytelling, but this is the kind of storytelling you were describing at the beginning, the opening mm-hmm. sequence. It's that kind of economic storytelling that he excelled at that we don't see a lot in comics. Mm-hmm. and. I'm just endlessly impressed as I scroll through this issue with the art. Magnolia is the quarterback of the world. This is his baby. But it doesn't mm. work if the art doesn't tell his story in the right way. Even if he does rough it out, even if he does lay out mm. the book, the guy finishing it has to be able to do the job.
1: Well, it's much cleaner. It's, like a, it's just a little more smoothed out than I would normally think of Hellboy stuff. Right like there's tighter lines and things like that and and it's a little more i don't want to say photorealistic but you know like the anatomy and the the, the figures are all just a little more realistic shaped than i think it usually is so that took a second to adjust my eyes but tone wise i mean whoever's picking these artists for him to work with you know like i, I they must like look at art and go I have, that's that, that guy could do hellboy yeah you know like it must be a feeling
0: there's definitely a school you know it's like a guy davis might Neil himself hardin was it
1: yeah hardin stein i forget his name he was doing uh books for a while yeah. they
0: all draw definitely but they're all of the same kind of school yeah we talk a lot about remender and bendis as being two writers who constantly find terrific collaborators to work with but I Mignola mean, needs to be in that conversation
1: yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a little different because, you know, all those guys, Tom King, I think, is one yep. of them also. Sure. Like, depending on the story they tell, they pick an artist that's right for that story and it's always interesting. But they're not really similar to one another, necessarily. You know, Mitch Garrods isn't much more no, than But, you know, everyone who does Hellboy has to have something in common. And sometimes it's an ineffable thing, but it's something there that you can do so that they're all sort of tied together tonally. You know, that and that's Dave Stewart's part, obviously, true. too. Oh, they did in color here. He didn't. No. Actually, you know what I noticed when I was looking through it? I was like, this is a little more muted than most of the...
0: Yeah. Olivier hmm. also did the colors. Maybe oh, the secret wow. sauce is
1: Clem Robbins. I wouldn't be surprised. That guy lettered my favorite comic book of all time. So he's got... He's got money. And he, and he wrote us a really, really nice email once.
0: So those are the books we wanted to talk about. If you go to Patreon... Oh, wait. There's more comics on the list.
1: No. There's definitely more books after this, Connor. <laughs> so...
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> i was very confused to see devil's reign omega number one on the shipping list this week because i thought that event ended months ago but it could have been weeks ago for all i know i don't have any concept of time anymore this is a wrap-up issue of the and i i really like the devil's reign story there's a lot of ridiculousness in it but i ended up enjoying it and i thought it was a fun thing and chip czarski's time on daredevil is not ending there's a new never one coming out, and he is writing it, and Marco Cicciotto is drawing it. It's the same thing. It's Marvel being Marvel. So this is a coda for that whole situation. We have three stories here. The first one written by Chip Zdarsky, drawn by Rafael Del The second one written by Rodney Barnes, drawn by Guillermo Sana, And the third one written by Jim Zub, drawn by Luciano Vecchio. You know, it's ridiculous. In a fun Marvel way, though. You know, so in that event... Matt's brother, Mike, his twin brother, Mike, was killed. So they all think Matt's dead because no one knew Mike was a thing. And so the first story is all built around the funeral for Matt Murdock with new mayor, Luke Cage, who, as we saw at the end of uh, of Devil's Reign, was appointed mayor, which is not at all how it works. But he's now the mayor of New York. And, you know, everyone's sort of angry at the uh, funeral and there's some fighting. and I mean, it's not at
1: all how it works. If you get hit with toxic waste, that's true. You, you, don't, you don't come out better for it and blinded. So it works. I hate the cover treatment for all of the Devil's Rain stuff. Mm. It gets me for some reason. But either way, I picked it up and I was like, all right, I think I pretty much enjoyed this stuff. And I did, I had, I had a lot of fun reading this mm-hmm. actually. Because it is, it's ridiculous. And and what I thought through the whole funeral was, this is fucked up. <laughs> like at first, at first, when I thought they didn't know, I was like, oh, that's an evil mistake. And then you find out they know. And the guy who really calls them out is the Kingpin's son Yeah, because it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It's not okay. Like everything they're doing here is not okay. Like that's a bad choice. It's great, you know, dramatically or whatever, but yeah, I just, and you're right. It's like in a Marvel way, like, oh, this is like totally bad soap opera operatic and it's kind of fantastic. I think actually that with Matt Murdock, that works really well because he's not a dude who makes good choices.
0: Yeah, and even down to the resurrection stone being dropped on his, his corpse at the end. Right. Or some sort of stone, I don't some sort of stone that's implied that will resurrect him. You know, it's all silly. And then as no concept ever truly dies, the Thunderbolts have been used as, they were being used as Kingpin's private superhero army because he made superheroes illegal in New York. And so now... Luke's in charge of them, and he was at one point in charge of them in the comics, and so he's trying to reform them into a hero group again, and that's one of the stories where he tries to recruit uh, Photon,
1: is that her name? Yeah, Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau,
0: Captain Marvel, to lead the team, and she doesn't want any part of it, and she suggests Clint Barton, and, you know, the circle turns again.
1: So... The way that the credit page is written, it would appear that that story is last, but it's actually second. Yeah, so that would indicate that Jim Zub is probably going to do a Thunderbolt. Yes. If, if history... I think that's what's ahead. happening, yes. I really, really liked the art on the last story uh, by Guillermo San. Yeah, I did too. Uh, the story was Mayor for Hire. I don't remember a goddamn thing about the story. I will when I get to it. But I flipped to that page and I just thought, oh, that's good. That's good looking. It's sort of like... sort of looks like Paul Azaceta, who actually showed up this week.
0: That story... Place. I also kind of forgot. It was basically just like a recap of luke cage as a character and then yeah setting him up as the mayor the art was terrific
1: yeah no i like that was the only i've turned the page i was like oh because it it it, you know just started there was no credit page or anything you're just in the thing and god the first page of it just blew me away fisk and cage supporters yeah good stuff great coloring on it too so it's
0: fun you know i'm looking for i know you got a little antsy with daredevil towards the end but you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think Chip Zdarsky's done a really good job for the most part. There's been a couple things he's done that I didn't really love, but you know,
1: I'm... I mean, I think I think that what he's doing is ongoing comic book soap opera. And like, if you look too close at it, it's probably not very good. But you co- you go in, you 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 know, it's a little junk foody, but it's well done because you know the <laughs> Chiqueto and Zadarsky are really good at yeah. it. So there will be some hook, you know, even when you're like I don't know then there there will be some sort of hook in it that that makes you go, let me just check out the next issue. And you never stop. Right. It's like
0: chips. (laughs) The cover of Thunderbolts number one includes Monica Rambeau and Clint Barton and looks like America Chavez and some other people I don't know.
1: What's funny is that in the short, Monica Rambeau is like, I'm not doing this. And she left. And I was like, that'd be great if you just never hear from her again. (laughs) But apparently she's on the cover. I would have much more liked it if she's like, no. I mean, storytelling-wise, that's a horrible move, but... You're on your own. I'm not doing this. So it's like a, like a left turn, but that didn't really happen.
0: Yeah, it looks like Danny Rand is now the chief of staff of the mayor, since he's not a superhero anymore. DC versus Vampires Hunters, number one. This is a tie-in one shot to the DC versus Vampires story that's going on. This is written by Matthew Rosenberg and art by Neil Gouge, Is one of my favorite Gouge. names to say in comics. Yeah, this was a fun tie-in story that features Damian Wayne, who is ostensibly the enforcer bad guy for the vampires, who are being run by Nightwing, as he tries to take down the Resistance, which features Alfred and John Jones and people like that. And it turns out that Damian Wayne is actually a double agent. That's basically the whole point of this story, is to reveal that Damian's a double agent for the Resistance.
1: I was unaware of any larger thing. I just literally saw, all right, Matt Rosenberg's writing this, so I'll read it. That was enough, and I and I thought, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like deceased," but it's this instead. Yeah, which fine.
0: Matthew Rosenberg is writing the series, the DC vs. Vampires. Mini-series. Is he? Yeah. That
1: makes me want. That makes me want to check it out more. I read this and I thought, "Oh, Connor's not going to be happy with this at all." Well, no, I, I just it, it was fine. Like I did was fine. Right. I mean, the big bad guy is is well, yeah. Crazy. He's
0: that was that's happened to main book. Yeah. So was so Are you reading it? We've talked about it on the show a huh.
1: couple times. Uh-huh. Why do I not have any recollection You've probably of that? gone to another place during that part of the show, which is fine. Page 18. Neil Gooch. Which is Robin falling from the top through a bunch of levels. The numbers on the elevator or the doors as you go down. Mm-hmm. And he goes again from left to right, going downward. Yep. Vampire burns through panel three. That's a great page. Yeah. That's a really, really fun page. And, yeah, you know, I tend to think of Neil Gooch. As a person from an earlier time uh-huh. that I don't necessarily like that much, I'm trying to think of another example of somebody like that. But he's not that, and I kind of always forget it. Like he's definitely got a late '90s, early '2000s vibe, but I don't think it seems out of place. I think it works really well. Yeah, almost a Humberto Ramos vibe. Super energetic and fun. Well, the previous page, yes, yes.
0: seventeen, where the De Ruger, oh yeah, hallway fight. This one features Damian running down the hallway and dusting all the vampires with his st- wooden sticks. That's also a really inventive visual.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The art in here was really good.
1: It was. And it's really like it's exactly what it needed to be. Like it's, you know, action and energetic and, uh, you know, moody. And it's exactly what it should be. Melodramatic when when necessary. Coloring was really good too, I thought.
0: I did like that Dick would not kill Alfred. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can leave.
1: Yeah, I really liked how the end of it went. And it's funny, that last page, after all that is just a crap ton of word balloons, Mm -hmm. but it worked. I've really been watching that lately. When I see a page covered in word balloons, what makes it work or what doesn't, but this comes at the end when you're 100% invested and you're just moving. Right. I think you can't do that at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the quality of the words, too. True. I forgot Punisher was a thing. I know we talked about issue one. It was a patron pick, I believe, but I forgot it. (laughs) After that, I forgot it existed. You didn't read two then? No, I didn't read
1: two or three. I forgot it happened. So it's one of those things that in concept is really dumb. And if I think about it, it's ridiculous. But as I read it and I think about it on its own, like, it is so ridiculous. <laughs> and also, I don't really care about the Punisher right. all that much. Like, it perfect. is so ridiculous. And it's so overwrought that, I mean, Jason Aaron is perfect at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, the Punisher is the Saint of Killers. He's the Angel of Death. And he's working for this, you know, the hand, the Cult of the Hand or whatever. And they've gone again and said, you were the Punisher before you were the Punisher. And they cut to a story of when he was a kid, you know, avenging evil or whatever. That mm-hmm. is drawn by Paul Azaceta, who I haven't seen on anything so in a good. long time. So good. Yeah. Oh, so good. And right away, I turned the page and I had not seen the credits. And I went, that's Paul Azaceta." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause I was, oh, because he was on, what was it, the Showtime show? Uh, he Kirkman. Kirkman image exorcism book, which I can't think of the name of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't either.
0: Which I think I read for issues just because I love the art so much.
1: Yeah, I read it for a long time and then was like, I really don't care about this story. Yeah. You know, and Jesus Aiza on the other bit of it. It's a big, ridiculous story. You know, like there's killing. There is, you know, Frank doesn't go to the thing to kill Ares. He just sends all the other, you know, ninjas. And he, t- you know, he tears them apart. You know, like sure. and it's, it's all so overwrought in perfect sort of Jason Aaron fashion. And... I kind of enjoy it, but I also recognize like it is simultaneously terrible and fantastic. But I think it helps that I don't care about The Punisher. I didn't dislike the first issue. I just forgot. You know? No, that's fair. I think I didn't forget because it's the only Punisher book that I've been reading for quite a while. Right. But it's because it is so not... like The thing with The Punisher, I think, is that when they try to get into his psychology... Or they try mm. to be like, and here's what he does. What he does, but he's not really that bad, or what you know, like it's yeah. boring. I've read it a billion times. This is like, okay, we'll explain what he is, but it's ridiculous. You know, it makes me wonder if that thing, Punisher as Angel, if we went back to that, maybe that's great because yeah. it's stupid.
0: Just let Punisher be a force in nature. It's kind of what they I don't need a complicated backstory. I mean, look, some motivation is good. It was more resonant when he was a very disturbed Vietnam vet because that mm-hmm. was something that the society was dealing with. So there was a lot of resonance in that, but. You know, as the Marvel timeline moves and he becomes a, a vet of this Sing Kong War, whatever the name of it is, you know, it loses a little bit of its heft. Sure does. So then they have to manufacture these other things. And as with every character, they've got to be like, you know, this is how you always were. You were the Punisher when you were eight. As opposed to just, you know. Yep. He was traumatized by the war and then his wife and child were killed. And that used to be enough.
1: And that's not anymore. I think that you run into a problem there is that he's human in mm-hmm. that, and it's really it's easy to and they're using that here, but I think people have a really hard time with trying to figure out I don't know if it's a hard time. I just don't think this is a solid explanation of who he is, like is he a human who is trying to right wrongs? Is he just rage, incarnate is he? A force. He can be all of these things, you know, depending right. on who's telling the story. The more human they make him, though, the less interesting he is. That's why I don't like him as a main character, kind of.
0: You like him as a spice.
1: He's the ultimate arbiter of good or evil in the Marvel Universe. If you're right. good, he doesn't kill you. If you're evil, he kills you. It's end of story, you know? And, right. and that, it's fun to use him that way, but I don't know that he supports his own. I've, I've never felt like he supported it on series, <laughs> even though there's been great Punisher series. I've never yeah, read the Garth no. one all the way through. Either of them.
0: Uh, I, I definitely read one of them. I didn't read the one that like went on for years and years. And that was supposed to yeah. be excellent. I, I've been meaning to read that forever. But yeah. The first
1: one was really good. <laughs> I actually want to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I am giving it a thumbs up for now. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you it's the greatest thing ever, but I, I, I am compelled by it. And right. Paul setter. And Jesus Saiz. Uh, Jesus. is uh, doing a great job. Dave Stewart on colors on this book. There he is.
0: Hey, listeners. Are you enjoying this show, despite the fact that we're maybe not super enthusiastic this week about the books? I think we
1: actually have sounded enthusiastic when we actually talked about the books.
0: Yeah. We could have just gone right to emails. That would have been fine. Anyway, if you like the show, you might want to consider supporting it, keeping it going, helping it thrive and continue. And one of the main ways to do that is patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's the the direct, direct support for the show. That's where people unlock more shows for you to listen to. That's where people have created a great community not just on the Patreon page, but also on the Discord, and I assume on the Facebook page, and on the monthly Hangouts. There's a real nice community with regulars who we have had many years of chatting with, and it's a lot of fun. Update. This is like Unsolved Mysteries. Update. So a few months ago, we talked to you about this, and we're back in the situation where, for a couple of days this past week, we were under the media explode threshold. So, we have many stretch goals, and when the stretch goals are reached, um, new content was unlocked. That's how you got the book explodes and the talk explodes and the media explode. That threshold level was not met this week until we had a new patron who came and pushed it just over the edge. If we lose one more patron, we'll be back under for the media explode level. So, two things. One, is there going to be a media explode in June? Well, we'll find out. It's not yet June, it's almost June as this show first comes out. We're going to see where we are. If we're underneath the threshold again in June, we, we may not. If we go under and come back again, well, we may. We also may change around the levels. I know we've been mentioning that for a while, but we actually talked about it in depth this week. So we may change the levels. So watch this space. But in the meantime, if you want to listen, keep listening to me to me, I would consider being a patron. You don't have to be a $20 a month patron. You can be a $5 a month. You can be a $2 a month. You can be a $1 a month patron. If every listener was a $1 a month patron, we'd be fine. We'd be well over the threshold for all these things. So... You may want to consider, you know, help us out. If you can, I realize times are tough. Recession's high. I don't blame anyone who can't, doesn't have any extra money in their pocket. But if you do, you may want to consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash fmboy Also, ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where our t-shirts are. We had a t-shirt sale this past week. It was a Memorial Day sale. All of our shirts were discounted. A lot more people bought shirts this week. So check it out there. Ifanboy.threadless.com. fmboycom slash support is our PayPal tip jar. If you don't want to become a patron or buy a shirt, you can just throw a couple bucks in there. We do appreciate that. FMbo.com slash Amazon is where you can buy our Booksplode books and also general shopping. That also helps. And finally, on our Booksplode posts, you can find links to uh, the books via bookshop.org. It's a great way to help independent bookstores throughout the nation and the land. If you buy books through them, you can have your support go directly to a specific store or you can go to a general fund that goes to sort of all the stores. And I buy books through there all the time. so I do most of my book shopping now. And I do appreciate that. All the ways people help support the show, that's how I about it keeps going. Let's talk about a couple more books. There's going to be fewer books this week than normal because there just wasn't a lot to talk about.
1: It's true. I checked out Batman colon Fortress, number one, mm-hmm. written by Gary Weta, And you're about to find out why. Because art was by Derek Robertson, yeah. who is a surprise mm-hmm. person on a book like this. And uh, it was not good. It was really... <laughs> It's like that, you know, that word balloon thing I was talking about? Yeah. It's a disaster. Well, he's a screenwriter, Gary Whitta. Yep. He wrote Rogue One, The Book of Eli, After Earth. He was a video game journalist, bunch of stuff like that. That So when it when you see a, a Batman book or something like oh. that show up and there's an artist of note on it, so yep. often when you haven't seen and you don't recognize the name, you go, oh, this guy wrote another thing. <laughs> because they still... <laughs> Have this idea that if you wrote something else, then you should go ahead and take a crack at a full bore comic book with
0: Derek. Robinson. Because apparently oh,
1: yeah. anybody can do it. Yeah, and it, they can't. I, I some it, well some I, I'm some can to resent it. Some definitely it, have. It's true, but like I feel like there needs to be a stronger tryout portion. Christopher Cantwell certainly jumped in, and he was good immediately. It, he was, but he was. You're right, but I but I still think that's the exception rather than the rule. And also, like he's sticking around. No, no, but I'm just saying it, it's possible. It's just. More often than not, I'd say it's much less likely. But anyway, this is an example of that. It wasn't, like, terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't read it and be like, oh, this is awful. But it was, like, a thousand tropes I've seen before. Way too many words. Literally, nothing happens. It's just talking for 15 pages, you know, before right. there's, like, movement. It's Batman. Like, I'm not I'm not an idiot. I can read a book, but, like, it's it's a Batman comic book. I'm not here for your... For your amazing like scenario that you've popped up, you're not gonna do it. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was I was like, Oh, I'll try the thing and I was just so disappointed. <laughs> I didn't read it. To
0: mix superhero metaphors, my spidey sense tingled on that one and I didn't I was like, Nope, I don't feel good about this. Derek Robertson put me over the edge. That was the only, only reason I thought about it. I saw it I It was, was a like, light mm-hmm, week too. It doesn't feel good. Then I saw I saw he wrote Rogue One, I don't like Rogue One. I was like, no, no. Not this week, Satan. <laughs> I don't. Know. I'm, it, like, I don't. I didn't read it, so I'm not going to talk about it.
1: But an editor would have should have been able to help a lot with it. I do believe that, though.
0: There, there was a lot of that this week. There's, there was a couple of instances where I was like, "Where's the editor here?" Oh, <laughs> I sent you that text. It was in uh, Newburn, where they, they all the spelling was Canadian.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And also, all the uniforms <laughs> were t- were way off. Does anyone no have Google? They can Google NYPD uniforms. So Stillwater 13. There was several instances in this book. This is. Zadarsky and Perez. And this is the final arc. We're entering the final arc of the book. Yes. And there's several instances in this issue where someone yells, what is going on? And I thought, you know what? I don't know. And it's not that I'm not enjoying the story. I'm really enjoying the story. It's just that I'm not able to keep track of who all the characters are. But I think it doesn't matter. I know the gist of the story. Like, I don't know who this guy is who shows up in the book, and they're all like, "Oh shit, it's you!" And I was like, "Who is that?" But I don't think it really matters because ultimately, I, I'm following and understanding the overall scenario, mm-hmm. and the world, and the conflict. It's just that the details of the characters, I may not be keeping track of because there's a lot in my brain.
1: So, like, I recognize the characters. So there's red-haired lady, there's dark-haired <laughs> lady. Dark-haired lady may be the guy's mom. Mom, because the beginning of the story was the guy. Yeah. And then, so, so the, guy, the guy, the guy shows up at the beginning, finds out, so he's the, he's the guy who we're, and we find out his mom's there and she got rid of him. I think that's dark haired lady. Then red haired lady, I think was a cop.
0: Yeah. She was, was like a badass.
1: Then there's, yeah. then there's army guys. There's a bunch <laughs> of army guys. Yeah. And they kids. <laughs> it's there's the kid, there's a kid, but there's other kids. And you're right. Like, I have no idea who anybody... Then there's another dark-haired lady who's got weird hair. I know the gist of the story.
0: Right. It is interesting. This is the this is the small town where you never die. You can't hurt. No matter what you do, you, you regenerate. And they fight desperately to keep it that way. And this issue, you know, the, the town is at a Civil War crisis moment. So the people in charge, which are the six kids who took over the town a couple issues ago decide very astutely that the best way to to unite a populace is to create an external enemy. And so they decide they're gonna invade the next town <laughs> of cold water. Cold water, we can't see it's obscured by the lamppost.
1: But I assume it's cold water because yeah. after it's still it gets cold or vice versa. And so they realize that yeah.
0: And and I thought kind of a very clever move that apparently if you change the borders of the town on the old town map, then the power of the town expands. It's clearly a magical map. So the kid finds out. He did an experiment. And so now the healing power is gone further out. And so they're going to take over the town and expand the town.
1: That's the plan. It's specious, but it's in a comic book, so I'll allow it. Yeah, sure. It's a magical map. Like it's, Who cares? It's really, like, it's, re- it's really stupid. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's deal with it. Let's do it.
0: This <laughs> so really I'm stupid. excited Who for cares? the final
1: arc. I like that it's just
0: going to be about yep. about 20 issues. You know, I didn't need 56 issues of this town. Mm-hmm.
1: We got the gist of it pretty quick. You're correct. And uh, I like it. Every time it Let's comes out, it I'm, I'm for, happy to read it. Uh, the team's sticking together. Yeah. Ramon Perez doing all the art on the thing. Beautiful book. Nice colors. Yep. It's delightful. And those were all the
0: books we wanted to talk about. But at patreon.com slash ifanboy, sure. all the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week... The winner was Pearl Volume 3, Number 1, Story by Brian Michael Bendis, Art by Michael Gatos, Letters by Joshua Reed. And I was very confused because I remember reading Pearl when it was coming out via DC. Mm. I remember liking Pearl. I was like, did I miss Volume 2? What the fuck happened there? And then I looked it up and realized they broke it out. So it was a 12-issue miniseries before. Issues 1 through 6 was Volume 1. Issues 7 through 12 was Volume 2. Cause that's how the trades broke out.
1: I had 1000% forgotten about this book and mm-hmm. it said Pearl. And I went, I don't know what that is. So I just, I, I, for some reason I thought I said Neil Gaiman somewhere on it. I don't know. And I opened it up and like, it was like one of those moments where I was like, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> but I had the same thought too. I thought volume three, I don't even know. So I actually wasn't really looking forward to it, but I actually yeah. remembered, I read all the other one and I, I love it, but there was something about it I liked. Now obviously it was completely unmemorable because it was gone from my memory, 100 percent, you know. Right. But I wasn't really all that lost because at the end of the last one, she took over. OK, that's all I really need to know. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I don't really know who it's for. I'm not entirely sure. I know that I, one thing that did impress me is that it's Bendis. And it reads like Bendis, but there are bits in here that sound like younger people than Bendis, I think, fairly accurately. I think he Mm -hmm. did something here to really work at making it not sound like a Jewish comedian from the 30s, which is what he... Well,
0: maybe he he went out and listened, but, uh, you know, yeah. the story of Pearl is this woman, Pearl, she was the daughter of uh, Yakuza, but she was out of the life. She was a tattoo artist, but and this is my vague recollection of the whole of the f- first 12 issues, turned out she had some magical sort of tattoos and she was the ghost dragon. And in the, the, through the course of the first two volumes, she, she took over the Yakuza business in San Francisco. I'm um, sorry, is it San Francisco or is it Portland? I assume I assume now all of his books take place in Portland, but I think it's San Francisco. I thought it was San
1: Francisco. Yeah, no, it's yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I think
0: it's San Francisco. So she took over the Yakuza business in San Francisco.
1: Where else are you going to have a Japanese sex mall? Right, so... <laughs> I,
0: I felt like this this book, of all those books he did back when he first went to D.C., felt the most bendis like, mm-hmm. yeah This feels like a throwback to their late 90s or 2000s, uh, in a good way, for sure. Gatos has two styles, and this is the style I don't like. This is the Fametti style, where he takes a bunch of photographs and puts them through a Photoshop filter and draws over them, mm-hmm. as opposed to the one he draws, like, Alias. I don't love it, but it's it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about yeah. it, but he works really well with Bendis. They have a good chemistry, and it's funny. There's action. There was one bit here I did. There was one bit I did get tripped up on, where uh, you know she's just hanging out in her boyfriend's tattoo parlor, and then these these guys show up. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to pay the tribute they were paying previously. It's on page uh, twelve, Josh.
1: I was I was going to bring this up, this specific thing. On the first panel, there's three
0: guys, and. One guy's like, oh, dude, you're huge. He's like, I am. Act accordingly. And I thought, that's a weird thing to say to one of your soldiers. And it turns out the, the huge guy is Pearl's bodyguard. But that was very confusingly shown here. It looks like three guys entering the store
1: together. So it wasn't communicated well. Yeah, I know what you mean. I thought that too. I was thinking of the next page, though, where he's like, I, I don't want this cut. And then there's like a a, a shot of her. And yeah. it, it it flashes to her tattoos that come out for some reason when she's... I don't know if she's angry or whatever, but like that's enough to scare him. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I, I think it was done really well from a storytelling standpoint, but like literally, I don't, I don't know if it makes, I don't know if I understand.
0: You have to remember the first story because when she uses her power that the yeah, tattoos I, become visible. And
1: But what's her power? She has a power? I don't remember. I thought she was just intimidating. I don't understand why she is intimidating.
0: She's got these magical tattoos or mystical tattoos or something. Yeah, yeah, I just don't remember. It was I'm looking it up. Yep, I know right. we talked about Pearl Twelve on the show, and that was in show six hundred and ninety-seven, which was in 2019, Dang.
1: in the before times. Yeah. I like the fact that Three years they brought Bendis to DC with all this fanfare. Oh, yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna get books, you do whatever now two years later, like, no, not none of this. We're not doing this anymore. No one seems to care, Brian. They were all good.
0: Cover was really good. That story about the CIA using comic creators. I liked all of those books that he put out. They were all excellent. It's true. But they didn't move the needle.
1: No. But I like this. What does? Nothing moves the needle. I did too. I enjoyed it. I didn't expect to because I thought I don't even remember this. I'm not gonna be able to get back into it. But and I don't know that it even makes any sense. Like it is stupid for her to hang out with all of her friends in a tattoo shop all the time. Because someone She's a, a terrible crime lord. She's like Boba Fett. Right. Don't do that to this book. (laughs) So. so... (laughs) Bendis has done a lot of things wrong, but he doesn't deserve that.
0: Pearl number three. I'm sorry. Pearl three number one. Uh, Ratings out of five. I'm going to give it um, 3.88.
1: You're just fucking with people. (laughs) 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 I'm. Like, I was going to say 3.5, but you said 3.8. I was like, let do it. And then you gave it another decimal place. And I was like, oh, he's getting them. I love it. I say be as granular as you want. Well, I love being super granular in the ratings. Yeah. Yes, you do. It really gets past the point that people say the the five-point rating scale doesn't work. It just depends on how you do it. You can The five-point rating scale can be infinitesimal. It's,
0: it's exactly. Awesome. Go 25 points in. I'm sticking with it. If I remember, if I remember,
1: let me give it a. Th- let me give it three point five, six, four.
0: Three point five six four.
1: One one five.
0: <laughs> Seven. Wow, I would have thought six. But Two. That's, m- 4, that's impressive. <laughs> okay.
1: So, are you sticking yeah, with Pearl? Yeah, I'll probably read the next one, but it's it's yes, it's very likely. That I will forget, though. Like, right. it's good, but I don't... I, don't need, I have no... Like, if it's there, I'll be like, oh, yeah. But if it's not, I won't remember.
0: I'm in the same boat. I'll try to remember. But I'll try to remind you, too, if I, if I, if I do notice it. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. Thanks for voting for Pearl. Volume 3, number 1. Honestly, I would have missed it. So, thank you for... Yes. ...for doing so. <laughs> I wouldn't have been looking for it at Dark Horse. Exactly. Well, that's where his books are now. You were out during Joy Operations, his other... Dark Horse book Which is a patron pick That's just me and Ryan We talked about that one mm. Yeah his books are Dark Horse now Anyway Patreon.com That's where you can vote To the book to the rundown But you give it the $5 A high level you get your superpower Live on the show Like Brian Rosenberg Brian Rosenberg Has the power Of a worm He is worm man Okay He can turn into A giant worm And burrow into the ground And aerate the soil Do all the other things Worms I don't know what worms do but that's, I assume, stuff under the ground. Mysterious things.
1: Can you cut him in half?
0: Yeah, we we re- re- grow. But only in worm form, when he turns into a worm.
1: Oh, oh, oh. I thought he had the powers.
0: Yeah, he has the power for the worm when he turns into a worm. Oh. Turns into a giant worm.
1: Okay. I see. It's a transfiguration kind of thing. Yeah,
0: so he, and then he can travel via soil, so, you know, so he could go underground and
1: <laughs> underground. I'll be there in three days. It's just a block (laughs) away. I know.
0: (laughs) No, but he's he's human-sized. It's a giant worm, not
1: a tiny worm. Ugh. Yeah. He's definitely going to get chopped up. (laughs) If you looked outside and you saw a human-sized worm, you'd go grab a gas can. There's a lot of
0: things that we talk about here that if I looked outside and saw, I would grab a gas can.
1: (laughs) Here's the question, though. Do you have a gas can? I do not have a gas can. I do. I have gas cans. More than one. I should.
0: Well, it's been a long time since uh, our other cars ran out of gas, but it happened twice. <laughs> but it's been a long time.
1: But you got to keep that gas treated, though. Otherwise, it goes bad. Gas goes uh, bad. I didn't know that until I had to get Take a that, more
0: all those post-apocalyptic stories. Oh, no, I did know that. I was yeah. working on a video game pitch back when I was a video game company, and, the, and it was a post-apocalypse, but it was from this Guy who wanted everything to be super real. So he was like, Gas goes bad. And I was like, What? I literally did it on the pitch call. You
1: can put some. Like, Wait a minute, what? Maybe there's treatments. Tom B. His name isn't B E E, just Tom B. Tom B. Period. It's an initial. Or it's like an artsy name. I don't know. Someone's it's stalling. His gallery name. I'm not stalling, actually. I have something written down. Tom B can talk to photographs. Oh. So if there is a photograph on the wall... You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it's printed photographs just because otherwise it's just too much. Right. Printed photographs, he can, he can speak to them either in books, things are on the wall, you're going through your thing. And they're not always sentient or whatever, but if he has, a, he has a question for them he wants to engage with them, he can talk to that photograph and it will know the things that the person in that photograph would know.
0: So how deep can we go here? Is... If he sees a photograph of his, you know, dead grandfather, can he have a long conversation? Or is it just like what the grandfather knew at the time the, of the photograph? Or is it just a brief thing? Or is it...
1: It's what the photograph knew. It's what the subject of the photograph knew at the time, at that point. So if you were talking to the person at that time in that photograph, that's who you can discuss with. And, and up until he stops talking to them.
0: If there was like a photograph of my dad when he was a kid, and I talked to it, he'd be like, Whoa, who are you?
1: 'Cause he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. He the the w there'll be some sort of magical whatever where the, the person in the photograph is not freaked out by that they're talking to somebody. Like it's almost like you know, I don't know if you're in their head or whatever, but you're talking to the photograph, you can you can get there so you can you know <laughs> you don't want to talk to like JFK at the moment of the bad frame in the a film, that's probably right. like a bad idea. But you know, you could you could talk you could talk to yourself. From uh you know like a, like what the hell was I thinking and then you go back and you could talk to
0: you can't warn to them it's not like they're back in that time
1: no, no no, no it's just it's you're your accessing the consciousness of that person at that time excellent for research, excellent yeah. for closing off uh emotional scars, whatnot uh yeah so talks to
0: photographs Tom has a house full of ghosts
1: it's not ghosts sort of it's not. Cre- like he can do it he doesn't it doesn't they don't all talk to him for example like he can't like if he goes to an art gallery he's like shut them up like <laughs> he it's a it's an it's an active thing you know they're just right. photographs he can access that if he wants to we'll just say that say that for example if some of the indigenous people's uh, ideas were right and the photograph steals some of your soul then some of that soul has been stored in that in photograph, photograph and he's just accessing what's there yeah it's just data
0: Patreon.com slash iFanboy, that's where you can go and, and get two admittedly very strange powers this week.
1: You know what? I think mine's pretty good. I, th- I could see Grant Morrison using mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a question or two from the audience. The first question is from Rashad B. He says, the X-Men, hated and feared by humanity. Yada, yada, yada. We all know the drill. It's been the same since X-Men issue one. But if we follow that train of thought, does not mean that the current day... Marvel 616 is more akin to 1955 America when it comes to
1: mutants. I'm not sure I understand that train of thought. What do you mean? So, if the X-Men are hated and feared by humanity, so current day 616, which would be then 1955 America, so that feels to me like we're talking about racial segregation, etc., right. when it comes to mutants. Right. I don't think... Which was
0: the original metaphor? And yes, then Yes, absolutely. The metaphor but... has drifted over the years and you know from uh race relations to gay rights, which seems to be much more of the metaphor now with the X men. Mm. But
1: Yes, yes and no. But yeah, I see what you mean.
0: Here's my thing. Okay. Have you been watching the news? Current day America is more like the of America than we realize. Uh-huh. Nothing yeah. has really changed to make it anachronism.
1: That's what I say. I think you're right. I think that we had a lot of. Okay, imagine we had an apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And the walls of that apartment were just awful, which is just nasty. They're ugly or rotten. And what we did was we painted a bunch of coats over it. And we right. said, this, this apartment looks great. But we never fixed anything underneath, so now that new paint is flaking off, and it turns out it is as ugly and broken and awful as it always always thought it was. And I suspect I'm not teaching Rashad B. anything. No. But I think that that you're on it. I think, yes, it is 1955 America, but what it is that we found out is that we've really been living there all along. Yeah. And it's true that the X-Men, in this metaphor have more power than they used to and certainly more voice than they used to. But they are still... Hated and feared. Hated and feared and separate and apart and resentful.
0: As they would be in reality if they were real. If they were mutants... Yes. They would also be hated and feared in 2022. Mm -hmm. Just as people who are slightly different than, quote-unquote, the norm, are hated and feared in 2022.
1: And I think and I say this as a person who really didn't enjoy that storyline all that much. I think that's what Hickman was getting at. I think that we move forward, like the rest of sort of stand- homo sapien humanity is still treating like this. Fuck them. Right. You know, like we're out. It's, yeah. And, and it's funny. Cause like, I didn't really enjoy that part of the story, but the, it certainly makes sense. Right. You discover they have their own power and they don't need to put up with this shit. But that still causes problems and rifts and stuff they have to deal with because everybody's living in the same world, you know. And then people resent them because they did that.
0: When I was younger, I always had a problem with why were the X Men hated and feared, but not superheroes. Right as a kid, I couldn't wrap yeah, my brain yeah, around understand. that distinction. But then you get to be more of an adult, and you're like, yeah, I get it. It's an arbitrary thing, <laughs> and it's also biological, which scares people and makes people uncomfortable. It's not like uh, getting bit by a radioactive spider. It's you're born different, and so that makes you a target. And I get I get it now, but as a kid, I was always like, "Why do they hate Wolverine, but not Captain America? Yeah, or Spider Man?" And just because I didn't understand, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around the the nuances of discrimination when I was young. And I,
1: I think it's interesting because it doesn't matter like that was the i took i i thought what you thought too but then i thought like one you know one step further like it doesn't matter though like where you got your powers like the, you have them or you did you don't like why would you hate one person that got his powers in this way and not another and you're absolutely right like i i get it there's a bit in um oh god i'm going to sound like gen x woke trying really hard but there's a bit that i really liked in um between the world and me tana Coates book where yeah. every time the hero refers to a white person he says such and so who believes himself to be white, mm-hmm. hinting at the idea that it you know like that, that's a construct that you've made up. You are made of all sorts of different things, and you're probably not you know Aryan pure whatever you know like mm-hmm. it's it's not a thing that exists. And I th- I think that that would apply to this kind of thing because you know if you're not a mutant. Uh, you know, you, you think that they're different. It's, it's not. They're just. It's just a different thing along the same spectrum. Like it's. It's. I mean, in this world, they've. They've. The fiction. They've. They've added. You know, they have powers and shit like that. But they're just humans. You know, at the end of the day, I think it's how it's supposed to be. I don't know. I've lost train of my my metaphor. I mean, listen. But. If you want to discriminate against Gambit, go for it. Yeah, but you wouldn't do it because he's a mutant. You would do it because he's a weirdo. He's a dick. He's got. A, is he a dick? I don't know. Yeah, I just don't like
0: powers his powers are dumb. He's just stupid. Got the accent. (laughs) Corey T from Cleveland, Ohio, the home of Superman. Corey T says, long-time viewer, first-time caller. I've been thinking about this question for seven years, three months, and two days, which is fair. Corey says, who was one creator that worked for the big two at the same time, but then took on an exclusive deal from one of them that you would have liked to see stay at the one they didn't choose? Jeff Johns worked, working for Marvel, writing The Avengers at the same time he was writing The Flash, and knowing he never finishes Avengers run because of his DC-exclusive contract still breaks my heart to this day, because I think he would have done amazing things at Marvel if he had stayed. I'm sure Marvel was kicking themselves years later over it when he became DC's number one guy.
1: Yeah, uh, You know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I could probably think of... The first name that came to mind is, is Matthew Rosenberg, because a thing changed. Tom King's another one. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, that too, that through the 90s late 90s and 2000s, especially in the 2000s, they, they came all about exclusives. Like, this guy is a, this is a Marvel guy. And so sure. people weren't working at both places at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of understood at the time because their brand and they wanted to control, you know, the, the Marvel people were the architect. You can't have... You're a
0: lock, well, you don't lock down the talent. If you have the talent, then you have the... You
1: know. Right. But that's not over. Like, right. it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't anymore. matter anymore. Yeah. So I want them to stop. But... But I think that what happens is...
0: But it's also good for I, the creators, too. They get, lot, they get a contract,
1: they get all kinds Yeah, of no, I mean, an exclusive in that way is fine, but, like... And I think even DC's, like, we're not doing that anymore because it, does, it doesn't make sense, like, the at and are overlords. I don't even well, know. Well, no, at right. has gone. Now
0: it's the Discovery overlords who are right. well, well, turning out i have the similar motivations to the at and overlords.
1: Sure. I mean, either, either way. But I think it do, kind of does... It, you know, the, when I think about Jeff Johns, though, I'm like, yeah, he should be a DC.
0: Yeah, and I, don't Marvel, I don't think Marvel I don't think Marvel missed Johns because no. Johns leaves and then Chuck Austin comes in for an arc, but then Bendis comes on mm-hmm. and Bendis turns Avengers into the most important superhero book for about 10 years. Yeah. From the time it disassembled, which was in the late 90s, through I think t- 2010 is when it, was, when it finally ended. It was the most important superhero book and it was yeah. popular and it drove the entire Marvel universe. And it it made superstars of creators, uh, artists, and it made superstars of characters who were not before. Like it was the most important superhero book. And so I don't think Marvel really missed Johns too much. It's, you know, one of the other things that happened. It's not is... like his run set the world on fire. And I, you know, I, I liked no. his Avengers run. I own the trades. Mm-hmm. And he had you know he had Gary Frank and he had Kieran Dwyer, two of my favorite artists. And but it wasn't like it wasn't changing the face of the industry the way New Avengers did. So I don't I don't he think. Was
1: not really a
0: name at that point.
1: No, he wasn't. He was young. I mean, he was a, like a phenom. Like people, He was doing
0: Flash, and he was burgeoning, but he wasn't like yeah. a superstar.
1: You know, the other thing that happens is sometimes a guy ends up with, and it's mostly guys. I mean, I'm talking about, but there's, there's women. I just don't know any women this has happened to. They run afoul of somebody at the mm-hmm. one company, and they don't have a choice but to go to the other company. And the other company <laughs> likes it because... There's still this perceived rivalry, which I don't even think exists anymore. Anyway. I think it's bullshit. There's definitely a corporate one. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm seeing, like, I don't think f- fans, I don't think, I don't know if sales matter in that way. But I mean, we still categorize it that way, just to make it easier to think about. But anyway, there's, there's folks where either the folks at, say, Marvel Editorial, they've had enough of working with whatever person, or the creator had enough of working with whatever editorial. And then they said, forget this, I'm going over to the other side. You know, and that works out better. I think that because the, I think they probably do have slightly different corporate cultures, and some people fit in better with one than the other. Sure.
0: I was reading this question, you know, when it came in and in the show and just now. Ultimately, I don't necessarily care, but I do. There are like Jason Aaron's been under contract at Marvel for like, it feels like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a little bit of DC work. And I know just from talking to him, like Batman's his favorite character. What would a Jason Aaron driven Batman universe have looked like over the last 10 years? It probably would be pretty awesome, but you know that's so that's but you know it's the it's the it's what not, if game you play
1: he's not that old you know no. like that could still happen, although it's a different world like his 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 right position in stock have changed and his his price quote all that stuff you know but you know there's 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 voices that you know like i i'm I don't know how into Marvel stuff Tom King is he did the amazing vision uh mini but Man, is he good at picking out the pebbles of DC, and doing right. anything with them? He might be able to do that with Marvel just as well, but he's got a thing there that there's a type of America nostalgicness that DC feels like that I think that he understands really well. Jeff Johns is also like that. I can't imagine Remender at DC.
0: He was there briefly. He didn't know, do anything. But-
1: like, maybe Vertigo or something like that, but, like, in, in DC proper, like, it just doesn't seem like he fits. Right. You know, but then there's guys, you know, I, I like when people are doing stuff all this. Zadarski right now is sort of having his lunch both places, and it works great.
0: Yeah, I think it would be a bummer if he signed a contract.
1: Yes, yes. We'll see. DC doesn't really do that anymore,
0: so it's unlikely. Thanks, Rashad and Corey, for writing in. ContactFanboy.com is how you can write in and get a question on the show. We always love the question segment, even if we often run out of time for it. We don't try to, we like doing them. It's one of our favorite parts of the show. So you can That's write true. those in. Also, if you want to write an email for Media Splode shows while they're still <laughs> happening, contactFanboy.com put Media Splode in the subject line of the email. Here's our plugs. In May, we had a couple of shows come out towards the end of the month. Our special edition review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is on the feed a couple shows back, as well as our media explode, in which we talked about winning time, the rise of the Lakers Dynasty season one, as well as some other things. You can find those a little bit back on the feed. Now we are coming into June. June will be a very busy month if all goes to plan. We may have a talk explode. We will have a book explode, and we will be announcing it right now. The June book explode is Superman for all seasons. The Jeff Loeb Tim Sale Superman story, and that is something I don't think I have read in at least a decade. So I'm very interested to go to go
1: back. Jeff, Jeff Loeb and Mark Wade mm-hmm. are both equally at home in either publisher's universe.
0: Although this is Jeff Loeb doing DC,
1: I know absolutely, but he's done great Marvels. Like I'm saying that yes, those, yes. those are two guys like they can swap back and forth, and they have something to say. Great.
0: Oh, in either universe. Yes, you're right. I yeah. thought you were separating them. Yes, 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 yes. No, yes.
1: no, no. Yeah, no, they they both like those are not, you know, they don't need to be one thing. B- Busick, I, I, all those guys from the mid late '90s who sort of came. They out can do late. either. Yep.
0: You're you using fancy words like either. We also will have a special edition review on DC Showcase Constantine: The House of Mystery. That's the Animation Brain Trust, and then, if all goes to plan, there'll be a media split depending on where we are with the stretch goal levels. So, those are four extra shows. That means conceivably there'll be eight shows in June.
1: That's a lot of shows. I guess I should read that Superman book. Yeah. Uh, Hugh like shows. <laughs> Specifically, I fanboy shows. Well, you're wondering, oh, "Where do I get all these shows?" <laughs> ifanboy.com is the place for shows. <laughs> <laughs> shows. You know, like t- you know like how Tony Roma's is the place for ribs? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, absolutely.
1: Ifanboy.com is the place for shows specifically <laughs> iFanboy shows is there still tony romas is that a thing
0: i not, i don't even know what that is
1: really yeah
0: huh I mean, i've heard the name before i just don't know right. what it is.
1: uh they, that's where all the stuff is all the shows all the writing all the stuff we did a lot of things <laughs> it's there you want to comb through those archives just search moon knight search you know brian michael bendis search secret avengers you'll find some stuff Maybe it'll be interesting, maybe it'll be terrible, maybe more of the latter, who knows. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out at ifanboy on Twitter, or at Comics on Instagram. Connor and I are both on Instagram uh, for the nonce, uh, yeah. C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. Uh, subscribe to the you- to YouTube page over at youtube.com slash ifanboy, and you can keep up to date on the old video show re-uploads. Those are also shows, just so we're clear. they're viewers. They're, for, they're shows for viewers, but they're shows. Yeah, for sure. You could also be a listener to the video show. You could just listen to it. So we're not going to say that if you're not a viewer, you can't enjoy those. This <laughs> and the show, Josh. It's just minis. This past week, we have a pick of the week, Invincible, number 52, and a who's who in the DC universe. Is that a binder show?
0: Yeah, that was me talking about the binder. That was, that was a week after doing the, uh, the, nice. d- the villains. So I backed it up and said, what was that strange binder we were using? And I explained it
1: binders full of women and men in super- binders
0: full of women and men hey if you like the show consider leaving a review or star rating wherever you get your podcasts most people get an apple podcast but there are other places as well and you can leave a review there and a star rating we appreciate all that it helps the algorithm you gotta feed the algorithm otherwise the algorithm will end us all and feed, so the, we do feed pre-
1: the algorithm with your podcatcher go ahead <laughs> open up your podcatcher and give, give the algorithm some, some meaty treats that's what you want to do <laughs> Yeah. So
0: spread the word and the love and the algorithm love because, again, we don't want to be crushed by the algorithm. We, like, we, we, we love you, algorithm. You are don't our favorite.
1: Let the, don't let the algorithm of the podcatcher get your mom or your kid. Don't <laughs> let them because it's going to be a big problem if, you, if your letter carrier is out there and he's like, where's the algorithm? You're like, it's in the podcatcher. I don't know. It's not safe. Be careful. <laughs>
0: Where are we? We're done. This is the show. This was a show. I hope the books are better next week. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Hey. Here's what I don't want to see: you guys hate comics. Not true.
1: Just not a great week. I don't think that you can hear two people talk about Hellboy panel by panel the way we did and assume that that's happening. And it's, it's not like before. we're Hellboy superfans. I know, but let's. Let, you're adult if you think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you next week. Bye
0: must I forever be